0: I'm mm-hmm. This is the LAW Podcast Series with Peter Gowers, the podcast to connect LAW members and have some fun talking about their personal and professional lives.
1: Hello there and welcome. This is the LAW Podcast Series. My name is Peter Gowers. On this episode of the podcast, we're headed to Vancouver in Canada, and we'll be speaking with a partner at Watson Gopel Lawyers and Advocates, Chelso Boscario, who's also a member of the LAW Exco. Chelsea, welcome to the LAW podcast series. Thank you for having me. Now, we usually start the first question of the podcast where as, where are you from originally?
0: Okay, well, I was born and raised in a small town in the interior of the province of British Columbia called Grand Forks, uh, not to be confused with its namesake, Grand Forks, North Dakota, Mm -hmm. and uh, my parents emigrated to Canada in the 1950s, and as I said, I was born and raised there, and then I attended university at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, where I obtained both my Bachelor of Arts and Bachelor of Laws, and then practiced law in Vancouver continuously since 1984, although I started my profession in Calgary in 1982. Wow,
1: okay, so I was gonna say, so from university, it wasn't a direct route to Vancouver, but that's where
0: you've ended up. Well, at that time when I was graduating, the, the oil boom was in full flight. And Calgary, of course, being the petrochemical capital of, Cal- of Canada, I was recruited by one of the national firms in Calgary to join them. So I went to Calgary uh, chasing the dollar.
1: As you do. <laughs> yes. And nowadays you're a partner uh, at a, a, a nice little firm there in Vancouver.
0: Yes. I joined Watson Gopel in 1992 and uh, celebrated my 30th anniversary here last year and uh, became a partner in the firm in 1998.
1: Is it, is it still an industry, do you think, where uh, you do get the longevity of employment such as 30 years? You don't tend to hear that in too many other industries
0: yeah. these days? It is changing because, you know, you look at the legal landscape and, uh, you know, you see the announcements and, uh, you know, where at one time it was unheard of that partners would leave firms, Uh, you know, frequently have partners uh, jumping from one firm to the other, especially at the mm-hmm. national firm level. They're trying to, I guess, recruit rainmakers or people with, uh, you know, unique skill sets. So there there's uh, more of that movement. Uh whether they stay five or 10 years or, or 20 years, I, I'm not certain of that, but I, I see a fair partner movement. And at the national firm level, on the smaller to medium sized firm, I, I think there's less partnership and mobility in the sense that in a smaller, more cohesive, tighter firm, uh, you know, their personal relationships are perhaps much stronger than they would be in a national firm of, say, seven or 800 lawyers.
1: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. More personal relationships as well as business. So what inspired you to pursue law as your career?
0: Well, uh, you know, it's interesting. Growing up as uh, the son of immigrants, of course, education was the uh, number one priority for my parents. And uh, so you're always, uh, you know, had that in in your background. But also, you know, I was always an avid reader and uh, interested in, you know, current affairs and politics you know and uh lawyers always seem to you know show up all over the place and so that's what uh fixated me on becoming a lawyer
1: a few of uh my previous guests have said that uh a healthy appetite for arguing was also in their dna
0: oh well you know i have that too but uh, i i like to think that uh I have also a very collaborative streak in my DNA, which I think is a great uh, skill to have as a lawyer because uh, particularly in the work that I do, the M&A type of work, uh, business Mm -hmm. relations and uh, government relations, uh, you have to bring people together to get things done. And
1: uh, It's such an interesting comment because I spoke to uh, one of the members from Mexico uh, not that long ago and that was his exact comment to me. Uh, In addition to he knew that um, certain deals and negotiations were going to be uh, more collaborative with certain opposing lawyers, um, and he knew that it would be more combative with others, you know, given their reputation.
0: Um, that's exactly the same situation here. You know, uh, you know, I've been practicing for quite a while now, so I know uh, who, shall we say, is more of a collaborative bent and who is more of a confrontational or yeah. Adversarial bent, and uh, you know, that has its place in the negotiations because naturally you're trying to pursue your client's best interests, but uh, you know, you can't let your view of your client's best interests they get clouded or obscured by winning the arguments as opposed to getting the deal done. Yeah, because you know, at the end of the day, I don't think a client's going to sit there, geez, you know, we want to let rep and warranty pause, and I feel so good about it. No, they're yeah. going to be looking at the bottom line. Is is this deal working out for us?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what areas of law do you spend most of your time practicing? Uh,
0: you know, it, as I said, there's a, a fair bit of M&A work. I have a in, an international dimension to my law, but not only through LAW, but, you know, prior to joining LAW, I'm quite involved in the Italian community here and the president of the Italian Chamber of Commerce in Canada West and uh, developed good relationships with the Chambers of Commerce in Italy, as well as uh, with the Italian Embassy and the Italian Consulates and the Italian Trade Commissioner, in terms of developing referral work, and that also uh, segued into the Comprehensive Economic Trade Agreement, a free trade agreement signed between Canada and the European Union in 2017, and you know that took about eight years to come to fruition, and I participated in the negotiations for that. And again, with that, you know, develop contacts and uh, across the European continent as well. So uh, I get a fair bit of referral work through that.
1: Did you get into those areas uh, by choice? Or was it something that the firm needed? Or, or, or how did that happen?
0: I think it was, uh, I like to think by affinity. Okay. <laughs> That's a good way to uh, at Yes. Uh, you know, I'm very proud of my Italian heritage. Uh, my mother, you know, thankfully maintained the Italian language at home. And, you know, that enabled me to, you know, enter into that uh, milieu and uh, draw clients from there. So it was, shall we say, there's both, a, you know, a natural fit as, as well as, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, I love being close to things Italian. And yeah. then that, of course, segued into the broader European Union uh, context. Sure.
1: And what about Watson-Gopel? Uh, which areas of law uh, is your firm also well-known for?
0: Well, we're evenly divided between business lawyers and trial lawyers. We have a very good commercial litigation group. Uh, we've done a fair bit of transportation law, and we have a family law group. And, uh, you know, so the you know the firm has sort of thrived. I guess we fed off of each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And, look, obviously as a lawyer, um, it's well known that uh, you work long and hard, but yes. uh, there must be some downtime as well. What what yeah. uh, hobbies do you enjoy doing outside of the office?
0: Well, you know, when the weather's nice, I love to get out on the golf course. You know, that's a passion of mine. And then in the winter, of course, I love to get out on the ski slopes. And on those are two things. Uh, in terms of recreational reading, I read a lot of history. I've majored in history before law school and I've also been involved uh, politically on the side with the Liberal Party of Canada over the years, Uh, ran as a candidate a couple of times, but also supported people who are running for public office.
1: Regarding your two sports, golf, you mentioned winter, and Canada is pretty famous for its colder weather, so how many months a year can you
0: play? Golf, well, here in Vancouver, we we can pretty well play year round because uh, we're on the Pacific coast and we're at sea level, And sure, it does snow occasionally, but uh, as I say, if you wait patiently, the snow will melt in a few hours, and uh, you can get back at it. So you can golf year-round, but I'm more of a fair-weather golfer, so I basically do mine between April, which is the start of our spring, and through to the autumn uh, around November.
1: Yeah, there's nothing worse than uh, in the middle of the fairway, you you know, within shooting distance of hitting the green, and then you got to play that shot, and it's just that mud straight under the ball. Exactly, yeah. Going the proper distance. That's right. And what about skiing? Which are your mountains of choice?
0: Well, of course, here, uh, you know, right next to Vancouver, we have uh, Whistler, which is a world-class resort. and You know, uh, the Olympics were there back in 2010, but throughout the interior of BC, we have excellent uh, mountains uh, for skiing. And as I love to tell my friends in eastern Canada, says they've got great ski hills. Yes, Mm. you do, but we have mountains. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And actually, We've got a lot of Aussies working on our ski lifts out here, all these uh, <laughs> yeah, You sure do. I was,
1: uh, I did a ski season in Australia years and years and years ago, and um, these guys and girls at the end of the Australian season packed up, and they all went over to Canada to
0: uh, That's right. work in your much, much better yeah. ski season. Actually, I've got a funny anecdote. One time I was skiing, and it was really foggy, and you could barely see one or two meters ahead of you, so we're gently making our way down the slope. And I hear someone in an Australian accent ask, where are we? And I mm-hmm. said, Canada. And he uh, replies, thanks, mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I was on it yesterday that I was driving the kids home from school and I actually pointed mm-hmm. it out to them. The car mm-hmm. next to us had a, a Whistler Canada sticker on the back of it. Oh, yeah, winter.
0: okay. So, yeah, someone who spent the winter here, yes. Yeah, I,
1: I imagine so, or, or longing mm-hmm. for home potentially. Yep. Um. So Chelsea, the, the other question that we ask all of the guests, and it's really interesting to hear the myriad of answers um, related to LAW, and that is, if you were to name one person from another firm uh, in LAW that's either inspired you or perhaps influenced or helped you in some way, professionally or personally, uh, who would that be and why? And I'll give you one little caveat. We've decided to allow it to be more than one because I think one's a little difficult sometimes.
0: Okay. Well, you know, there's been a wide variety of people that I I guess uh, inspired my involvement. And I'd start with uh, perhaps Chris McCracken, who's now retired. And Chris was the one who was involved in the recruitment of uh, uh, Watson Gopel. And uh, so... I I looked to him for mentorship as I got involved and also Bill Savarino, our former chair who is very you know encouraging of my broader involvement mm. um as well as the number of the people I've worked on, the executive one for one who stands out for me is Kelly Noonan of Seattle and you know and, and her strong advocacy for you know gender e- equality and parity throughout the organization but also you know what she brought to the board in terms of uh, uh you know leadership was uh, was was, uh, was was very uh insightful and then you know our former chair mark gruniger in europe i guess his uh steady uh, like clock like swiss clockwork hand mm-hmm. uh, certainly guided us through shall we say the, perhaps the organization's the most difficult period during COVID, when yeah. we had to learn and adapt to a new way of doing business and we did that quite successfully so you know and uh, you know I, I could go on but those are just a few that immediately leap to mind i, I mean the organization is just a a wonderful collection of great lawyers, uh, and more, more importantly, great people.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and how does um do you think Watson Gopel, sort of integrate into that and and draw from that whole group of L.A.W.
0: Well, you know, I I guess right off the bat, you know, the thing that's uh, you know most people look at is the number of referrals you get, and we've uh, you know got gotten a good number of referrals, but I think also is the ability to reach out. And uh find trusted colleagues around the uh, around the world to help you uh, when you have uh, difficult situations or clients that require representation and that's certainly paid off you know a number of times. Um, the other thing is drawing upon the expertise of other lawyers and uh, you know particularly when you're dealing with law firm management issues and and frequently you know you're more shall we say reticent to discuss those with uh, your competitors. Within mm-hmm. your city, but uh, within uh, LAW, we have a, a very, shall we say, risk-free forum in which to engage these the discussions with CANDOR, and that I think is a huge benefit. And of course, we have the practice groups where we, um, whether it's the IP group or the M and A group or the dispute resolution group, you know, again, you can exchange ideas and uh, in terms of how you approach problems, and maybe import uh, that approach to handling a problem locally
1: yeah and also uh I spoke with natalie Timchuk um some yes. months ago and she was telling me just how um uh, wonderful the relationship is between all the canadian firms
0: yes we have a very strong group here and uh we refer a lot of work to each other and as well we get together uh beyond the traditional regional meetings and the agms and we have uh, Ah, uh, quarterly calls, and uh, we always meet in advance of the uh, regional meeting, and so we've uh, uh, we've developed strong relationships there. Uh, you know, we had uh, you know regional meetings in in various cities across Canada in person as well, and again, that just contributes to uh, the uh, strength of the relationships, the faith and trust we have in each other, which enables us to serve our clients more effectively.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And chill, so just lastly, what about you as an ex member? What's what's your responsibilities as part of the ex Well
0: as the vice chair right now, uh, it's uh, it's um I guess a lot of it is up to our chair Leon in terms of what he assigns me. But uh, previously, I was a secretary, and of course, that has a fairly well-defined role. And I also chaired the recruitment committee for a number of years, and I continue to participate in the recruitment committee because, you know, I really believe that, you know, growing the organization is critical. And uh, as vice chair, I've been assigned the meeting planning committee, and so that's to ensure that we end up with, uh, shall we say, well-organized meetings. Thankfully, we've got a very, very strong CEO, Lori Salyards, who's uh whose work in that area is, is outstanding and, you know, privileged to work with her. And, you know, she has a great depth in the legal administration field uh, by virtue of her previous career before joining us as a law office administrator and teacher of law office administration. So she's able to draw upon a lot a lot of resources which have made our conferences, uh, you know, uh, very good. I mean, they, they've been improved over the years and the members are getting more out of them you know, uh, yeah. in terms of their own professional development, be it in business marketing ideas, HR management, uh, dealing with, uh, I guess, right now there's always this whole notion of the millennials. How do you deal with yeah. the millennials? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Know? So, uh, you know, the issues like that, and then also bringing in provocative speakers to address, say, shall we say, forward-looking issues like AI, what's it going to do to us? How's How are we going to integrate that? You know, and I, I suspect, you know, now with some of the uh, climate change challenges we're facing, that again will affect how we practice law. Yeah, you know, so yeah. the, those are some of the forward thinking issues you have to think of simply in terms of being on the lookout for your clients as to what's coming down the road for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Chelsea, thanks for joining me. Well, thank you very much, Peter. It was a pleasure and uh, take care and uh, hopefully we'll meet in person one day. That was
1: Chelsea Boscario, partner at Watson Gopel Lawyers and Advocates, And, of course, he's the vice chairman of LAW. I'll catch you again on the next LAW podcast series.
0: You've been listening to the Lawyers Associated Worldwide podcast series with Peter Gowers, the podcast where LAW members go one-on-one to discuss their professional and personal lives. More episodes coming soon.